0: If you're able to set up a routine, nighttime, morning, whatever it is, that gives you that level of perspective, you stop reacting to every external change in environment, which could otherwise really derail your quality of decision-making.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Mindful Venturing. I'm your host, Prashant Pongche. And this episode is all about mindful mornings. You've just heard from Phil Hayes-Sinclair, an entrepreneur, mentor and friend who embodies what it means to get up and have a mindful, productive start to the day. Phil is the CEO and founder of DropBio, a digital health and biotech company that is focused on chronic inflammation. He and his team are well on their way to achieving their mission to accelerate the world's transition into personalized health. You can find a lot more about that at dropbio.com. Phil is also a passionate educator, and if you go to philhsc.com, I'll, of course, put the links in the episode notes. You will find lots of great content, articles, uh, downloadable guides, and a weekly newsletter that is not to be missed. Um, He really does write so well and with so much experience and insight that it's definitely well worth subscribing to. Now, as he says in our interview... He's not just defined by his work, he is really a devoted father and husband and it's his responsibilities to his family and those that rely on him in his life that really made him think about how to kickstart his day with a really well thought out and deliberate routine. Not only do we discuss the practical parts of Phil's routine, but what I really liked about the way our conversation went was he really spoke so passionately about the benefits that this routine has for him. And so, I really think it will inspire you to think about your mornings and how to make them more mindful and how to make them more productive so that you get the most out of your day. So, that's all I want to say uh, as an introduction. Uh, Let's hear my discussion with Phil Hayes Sinclair. Good morning, Phil, and welcome to Mindful Venturing.
0: Hey, Prashant, great to be here.
1: Thank you. How are you this fine morning? I'm pretty good, having a good week. That's good, yeah, so am I. It's it's now Thursday is the day we're recording this and I think we were both saying earlier it'd be great to get to the end of the week but I'm really impressed that we've got just enough in the tank to push ourselves through Thursday and Friday. (laughs)
0: Always look forward to the back end of a week um, but probably because I know I get to spend a fair bit of time with my children at the end of the week and the weekend so it's um, definitely something to look forward to.
1: That is really awesome. And um, yeah, let's chat about that later, actually, because it sounds like that's something to look forward to, but also, um, you know, recharges you too. Every time. Awesome. Okay. So um, as I said to you, I think what I'd like to talk to you about today is your awesome morning routine and how that seems to really kick off your day and set it in the right motion and really seems to help your mindset. And I've also structured it this way so that I can have you on back later to talk about other things. So, um, so what I thought I'd tell you is the reason I'm really impressed by this is because on your Instagram every morning, just about, there's a nice little story with, a usually a, a photo of a clock, an image of a clock, which says 4am. And you know, the first few times I saw this, I thought, oh yeah, that's interesting. Um, He's probably just going through a phase. Um, (laughs) 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 Uh, And then, you know, obviously knowing you, I thought, well, yeah, even if it's a phase, yeah, he's clearly put thought into this. And then as as the sort of weeks and months wore on, I could sort of see it all really connecting together. So how long ago did you arrive at this really early wake-up call for yourself?
0: Well, I think if you were talking to my mother about this, she would say to you that it started the moment I arrived on the planet.
1: Is that right? So you've always been an early riser. Yeah, I think she would say that for the first three years,
0: I didn't really sort of sleep in ever, um, which I was paid back that privilege by my second daughter (laughs) um, who decided that 3 a.m. was the normal time to wake up. So um, we've since resolved that, thankfully, but it's it's one of those things. I've always been an early riser. Um, My brain works better at that time. And I love just what the beginning of the day has to offer. Um, there's, there's a lot that you can get done there. And, and as, a, as a father of two young girls, aged five and seven, um, as the husband of a super capable woman who um, really brings her A-game consistently, I've got a lot that I want to achieve to support them, but I've also got a lot, of, a lot to achieve um, in my business uh, and in the other uh, pursuits that I have to help sort of build out what my mission profile is, and so when I went through school, um, I did a lot of swimming. So it was you know in the water at five a.m. Uh, when I did triathlon in preparation for the Australian team selection. You know you're in the in the water or on the run or on the bike at five a.m. Um, and training at the back end of the day as well. And I, I just developed a really strong affinity for that time of day for, for probably two reasons, I suppose the first one is that if you get a lot done, you can look at other people and I remember seeing people, I see people every day who just look like they're just trying to get through the day yes. and I can't help but think to myself, do you know how much I've achieved? <laughs> and <laughs> yes. it's only like seven o'clock, right? Like and I feel like they, it makes me feel pumped about that. But I think the second thing is I find it really important to make sure that in order for me to take care of my daughter's. Um, be a great partner to my wife, you know, to my broader family, my brother, my sister, my parents, um, and my wife's parents and her family and, and others, you've got to sort of pay yourself first. And as selfish as that might sound, you know, being busy at work, busy with kids, busy with life, if you choose not to pay yourself first, then you'll end up inadvertently emptying your tank. Yes. And that at some point, you'll need a reserve. The reserve won't be there. And as we talked about a bit before this call, and we've talked about it previously, you end up getting so fatigued that you end up in a place of reactionary responses to life. Yes. And that narrows your perspective, decreases and deteriorates your decision-making potential. And before you know it, you're in the hurt locker, and it's really difficult to get out of it. And this is where, why people, I think, fall into states of really significant mood changes Yes. Um, and you throw in something like a pandemic, and that's just the icing on the cake, right? So, I think when I when I try to think about my morning routine, um, you know, it's a tongue in cheek thing. I put on Instagram every morning. My alarm goes off at four o'clock. Um, I'll drink a bunch of water. Um, I'll take a photo of my watch, and I'll post it on Instagram yep. just to one keep myself accountable, right? And then two, there's a bunch of people who are, who have had a A very unexpected change in their own life and attempted to do things earlier in the day and it's really changed the game for them and i think that's really humbling but i'll be i'll be frank like i'm doing it for me right i'm not doing it really for anybody else and if people sort of follow and that that inspires them i'm I'm thrilled about that but i think from the morning routine you know i sort of break it up into um, a couple of cycles that just help me manage the energy like i'm not 25 anymore. You know, yes. I'm, I'm 43 and the, the reality is that the body starts to react pretty differently when you try and push it <laughs> yes. as, just as hard. So, you know, for me in the mornings, if I think about this on a month-by-month basis, um, at a meta level it's sort of three, three weeks of every four, are uh, relatively intensive, yes. and then the third week is designed to be, you know, re- you know deliberately light um, so that I can get more sleep-ins and whatever else. But on, a, on the intensive sort of weeks, um, typically it is a 4 a.m. wake-up, um, it's drinking at least a liter of water when I when I first get up just to get you know hydration set because you yes. obviously lose a fair bit of that while you're asleep, and then I go into um, headspace for basically it's about ten or fifteen minutes. Um, I then go into uh, a yoga app. Um, being a guy who's you know, almost six foot five and has done a lot of athletics in his life. Everything's a bit rickety right now. So <laughs> doing yoga is a good thing. I use especially a at
1: 4am in the morning. It's big. <laughs> Yeah, that's right.
0: Um, I use this fabulous app called Down Dog. My CMO at Drop Bio, uh, Abby Bachelor put me onto it. And it's yeah, right. just terrific tool that you can sort of preset up to have, you know, different durations, different types of yoga. It's a video platform. So you get to sort of follow all the the prompts, and I do it in the privacy of my own office because my poses and flexibility are that equivalent of a chess player. So I don't want anyone to
1: ever sort of see me doing yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Hang on a second. Why is that not on Instagram? I want to see that.
0: Yeah, I don't think I can reach my phone at the time. I'm I'm in that kind of pose. I think I'm I'm in
1: the hurt locker too much doing it. That's um, a very good excuse. Um, it is. So that's great. I I think it, it's quite interesting how you've got you know this set of things that you go into and I want to get to that one thing you said though which I think is really important is I don't think everyone is as self-aware as you are about this connection between you've really very thoughtfully gone through well I have all these responsibilities these are all the things that I'm responsible for and the people that I'm responsible to and I don't mind saying as your friend I'm just so inspired by just how seriously you take that and how much of that you put out there to people and you know I've been inspired by it Um, So I can see it's very real and how much it means to you. But what's equally important, I think, as you say, is you can't get to that unless you look after yourself. And it's not a selfish exercise. Yeah. It's actually a prerequisite, isn't it? I think so. I mean,
0: it it took me many years to get to a point of that kind of awareness, um, you know, I come from a broken family. Um, there are a whole range of things as a guy that I want to I parent very differently um, to the way that my parents parented. I mean, they did a fabulous job, um, but it's a different time. And I think yes. it's one of those things where, um, you know, as you being a dad as well, Prashant, you know, we, we want to inspire our kids to have the opportunities and sort of achieve a level that maybe wasn't available to us at the time. And that's kind of just general progress. Yes. But when I look back, you know, I I have a very specific ambition that is anchored on what I'll be thinking about on my last breath, right? Mm. So instead of, I I had a a very difficult approach into entrepreneurship where I was trying to work out whether I was a square peg in a round hole. And typically the answer has always been, yes, I am. Yes. So answering the question, what do you want to do next is basically impossible. And I frankly think it's impossible for just about anybody to answer that question. Yes. Instead, the, the more productive question is, well, what do you want to be remembered for? Yes. And it's so, it's so much easier to think, all right, if you want to have an impact, what kind of impact do you want that to be? And, and as we've talked about before, you know, my ambition is to positively impact the lives of 100 million people through personalized health and entrepreneurship. That's my bag. It yes. starts with my two daughters and my wife, and then it goes out from there. So if I want to put my money where my mouth is. I've got to organize my life to do and achieve that outcome. Otherwise, frankly, I I think I'd be disappointed. And so when I look back on that and I think about that mission every day, I'm one of these people that has the huge fortune to do every day what I love. Yes. But I do that because I'm living a purpose. So there's a a bigger sort of conversation around that. But when you think about what that means to your kids, Yes, it does mean being mindful, it, uh, but mindful is you know sometimes a misplaced kind of construct. It's just about being in the moment, like to the exclusion yes. of all other things, just be there. Yes. And when you realize the things that are distracting you, it's really easy to cancel them out. And so at some point, you've also got to think, well, how are you going to fiddle this in? Right, Life's kind of busy. Yeah. And I've just elected to do that at the front end of my day. Many other people would say, actually, I'm going to do it at the back end of my day. Frankly, it shouldn't matter where in the day you do it, as long as you get it done. You know.
1: Yeah, and that's your. That's also the advantage of doing it in in the beginning of the day, where you're not really going to get interrupted uh, much. And yeah, um, that's it. And yeah, I I I, as you know, I've tried to do that more. Uh, I'm definitely not at your level, Um, but on the days that I've pushed myself to get up. Even you know, even a bit earlier, or say to myself, "Okay, if I'm up at five a.m., which I usually sort of am, just get up and out and get get going." Yeah, that's and it. And on the mornings that I've done it, um, I've gotten so much more um, out of the day. Mm. And then it's actually, and actually, one of the first things I'll do is I'll be like, "Oh, let me see if Phil's up." I know he is, <laughs> but it sort of makes <laughs> me feel good that I am, you know, not far behind you. And um, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I think that's, that's really something which is a relatively easy thing for people to do is just set the alarm a bit earlier. You don't have to start at 4 a.m. In fact, no, you don't. don't. <laughs> no, you don't. That's exactly right.
0: Um, and I think it's all about imagine what your day would look like if you were able to breathe in the fresh air of the morning and just yes. see a sunrise, right? Yes. If, if you can do that, and you don't have to be exercising, right, right? Yeah, what I was going to say after the yoga was I do some kind of workout. Sometimes that's just walking, Yeah, right? And that's just sort of just looking around. And it's not with music. It's not with headphones. I might yes. listen to an audio book sometimes. But for the most part, it's just take it in. Yes. Because, you know, we both know how, cha- how quickly change can happen, right? God forbid one of us doesn't get hit by a truck anytime soon, either you know, physically or, <laughs> yeah. you know, by some other condition that, that hits us. Um, we don't know what that's going to be. So, you want to just, just take a big, deep breath, look at that sunrise, and just go. Really pleased I'm here for this.
1: That is really great. Um, yeah. And uh, what I also like is you've you've been adaptive and aware. So routines shouldn't just be so prescriptive. You need some parts of it that are routine and you know get you into the habit and good the good habits. But it sounds to me like you also adapt on some of those mornings and say, okay, well, I don't actually feel like or I don't really want to go for a 5K run. Um, I just need a walk or do something else to, you know, now transition me into the next phase of this routine.
0: Yeah, totally. And look, you know, this is not, and you you have noticed this, this is not 4 a.m. wake up seven days a week, right? This is 4 a.m. wake ups for four days of the weekdays. I yes. sleep in one of those days. My wife takes charge sort of in the morning to get the girls organized. In the other mornings, I do the same so she can go and do what she's doing. And on weekends, it'll typically be still very early starts, but because I get a chance to sort of start the day knowing that I can compute and reflect on a bunch of stuff that's happened the working week. And it gives me a chance to do some writing or it gives me a chance to, you know, work on projects, which, I, which I'm really interested in. But I do find that if I do have more than one sleep-in in it a week or maybe two sleep-ins in a week, yep. I sometimes think, ah, oh, I miss that time. <laughs> yeah. Like I feel, I feel more rested because I got the sleep-in. I get it, but I just feel a bit lethargic because I just miss, I guess I'm addicted to that
1: early morning sort of start. I kind of love it. I'm so glad you said that because I have the same with meditation. Um, Even if I've had a day where I've meditated well, I. I want to do more when, I, especially when I know I, I need it. And I was describing to someone who was starting off early in meditation because they were trying to think about what value they're going to get out of it. And obviously, there's all these tactical things you need to do when you're first starting out to build a habit. But I reckon the point that sort of the you really want to try and get to is when you are getting so much out of it that you're no longer having to motivate yourself. In fact, you sort of, as you say, you're almost quite addicted to it.
0: Yeah. And you wouldn't
1: be doing that. or I don't think you'd be having that sensation if you didn't see the value or actually really feel the value really very viscerally.
0: Yeah, and it's it's interesting because I've used – the guided meditation that I have and, I, and I'm by no means a specialist. I've, you know, I started with Headspace a while ago. I've stuck with it. I haven't bothered looking at anything else. It's, it just sort of works. Yep. But not because I'm listening. So I, I started to realize that when I was asked to let my mind go free during a meditation period and then come back and use the breathing as the mechanism to realize that you've got to come back. Yes. I started to use that as a way to determine just how healthy my subconscious is on that day. So the example, I guess, is if I'm listening to Andy from Headspace doing his thing, if I can't be focused on what he's saying and follow the instruction of what's going on, it's a signal to me that something is off in the universe. Yeah. And it's become one of those things where I can – I can detect that signal and then I go, actually, there's something you've got to correct. Yes. Right. But instead of trying to what I would have done previously, like in years gone by, I would have gone, look, I'm fine, tough guy, beat the chest, get in the day, yep. you'll be fine. It's a bit more introspective than that. It's a bit. Yes. Yeah. you. That just confirmed to me that something is up. And if you think about it for two and a half minutes, you go, yeah, I know what it's up. So let's yes. try and get after it and solve for that as opposed to going, no, no it's all fine because. The number of people that I come in contact with who just say, I'm fine. You sort of go, you're so not fine. right? You know, How could you possibly be fine?
1: What's really impressive about that also is you weren't too hard on yourself. So you had that awareness of something doesn't quite feel right. And you course correct it. I think too often people, especially when they're starting off with meditation or anything mindful, they get distracted and they think, oh, okay, I'm not doing it right. And you know, it's very easy to get discouraged. It's really normal um, because you've created that space for your brain to have these thoughts. And it's very natural. It's not failure to have the thoughts or be distracted. Like you said, though, it's telling you something. So you can note it, you can listen to it, you can adapt. As long as you do it without too much judgment, um, you actually helped yourself.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the pursuit I mean, in my rickety approach to yoga, uh, my approach to you know meditation is just as rickety, right like it's it's a pursuit <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm no specialist in this whatsoever. I just know that that combination um works for my mind and my body and my approach to life, and you know my coach, other folks that I work with, you uh, Mel Rosenthal, who you've had on the show before. Yes, both dear friends to both of us i mean we all have these different ways of doing it but it's because we've taken the time to go maybe there's a bit of way a better way for me to do this and to get more out of me once you've made that call it's really just experimentation right
1: yes it's very important to experiment and have that mindset of curiosity yep uh, because that's when you will actually ask questions, I think, and, and learn and, and grow just from the process rather than so much about, you know, how many minutes I meditated or I reckon you could have a five-minute meditation that's a lot more profound than a, you know, 20-minute one. Um, it just depends right. on how, yeah, how, how present you were. So about the meditation, do you only do it in the morning or do you find yourself coming back to it later in the day or... I really do stick to it in the morning. Um,
0: I've, I've been encouraged to do it at other points in the day. It just hasn't stuck for some reason. So I haven't tried to fight that a great deal. Um, I do remember one occasion where I decided to use my meditation app to try and help me wind down. And I, I just realized how cooked I was that I started listening to, again, Headspace. So I was listening to Andy say his thing and I fell asleep. And it was at that point where he just had this long pause in the meditation and then he started speaking and I'll tell you what, (laughs) I lifted off that bed, like a foot off the bed and freaked out because I had my AirPods in. It was just, it was a very intimate noise and it was just, what was that? And from that point forward, I thought, you know, I think you're better off just doing the meditation in the morning (laughs) because you obviously don't need any help getting to sleep. So I think that might be your army
1: training coming into effect as well. Oh, <laughs> that <might be. laughs> uh, That's very good. Uh, tell me about yoga. So as you mentioned, you were put onto it by, by a friend and a co-worker. Mm. Um, what, how long do you do it for in the mornings? So uh, typically only 15 minutes. Um, I
0: don't uh, – I've been to yoga classes before, you know, the hour, hour and a half. Um, and. The convenience of being able to do it at home with really uh, – like I'm really impressed with how Down Dog and the team there have worked out how to do not just the ability to sort of splice up all of their instructional things to make it very seamless for what you want to do at a moment's notice, um, but just the way in which in a really short amount of time you can really just stretch yourself out and just feel physically better, um, you know, I know there are some people who are diehard yoga, Pilates fans. Um, that they're, they're right into it. I'm not that kind of guy, but yeah. I do know the benefit and how my body feels at the end of at the end of um, a session. And so, what I've learned is that if I do it and then I pause, like stop doing it for a number of days, which has happened before, yes, um, I, I can feel the detriment that yes. happens by not doing it. And so, there has been a like a positive feedback loop created in that co- in that combination, right? So wake up, water, mindfulness, yoga, exercise, yes. that's the package. Awesome. And the thing is that it's not about how long you do it for. Yes. It's the act of doing it long enough to make you feel good. And the only way you can know that is by doing that for weeks at a time to see the the net impact as opposed to going – I did yoga this morning. I might pick that up again in, in a fortnight. It's kind of not how it works.
1: No, and I don't think anybody has ever said, do you know what? I tried this really new thing for two days and it already feels awesome and I'm fixed. <laughs> That's right. That's never happened.
0: <laughs> yeah. And if it has, please, please reach out because I would like to know.
1: Yeah, and, and, and be prepared for some aggressive questioning because it was probably a bit of luck.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right, or just a massive placebo effect. So, yeah,
1: exactly. Cool. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad you said that the time, particularly with activities like yoga, doesn't matter. Actually, I learnt yoga from my grandmother, um, some of my oh, mum as yeah. Brother. And uh, she used to say, so she used to do 45-minute sessions every morning, mm-hmm. um, especially after she retired. Obviously, she had a lot more time as well. But she used to say to every one of her, you know, kids, grandkids, family, I really want you guys to start this. But even if you just do five minutes of this one exercise, which is called the Surya Namaskara, um, which translates to salute to the sun, yep. so even if you do 10 of those, you've done a lot more for your body and mind than, you know, if you did it for half an hour or, or whatever. Um, and that's really stuck with me and I'm, yeah, I'm glad that that, you're sort of taking a similar approach of not putting too much pressure on, well, I have to do, you know, 20 minutes or whatever. It's And listening to your body as well It's so important Um, so you sort of know what works and what doesn't.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, like most people I imagine who listen to this show, we have spent time trying to make sense of the messages that, you know, People who class or people who society class as successful have sort of morning routines of some kind right yes um, I don't know what the science is behind that I don't know if it's just a pop culture reference, but it does feel to me that given how much a day can blow out whether it be missed appointments meetings going over time other problems that come up it just feels to me that if you don't set yourself up for success to be able to make great decisions. And when I say great decisions, I'm talking about I can think with perspective, I can zoom out, I can zoom in. Yes. um, I can make slow decisions if I need to, if something is evolving and I don't have all the information, uh, right through to Just got a call from the school, your daughter is unwell, she has to come home. Yes. And that wasn't part of the plan. So what do you do with that? You obviously – Act in the best interest of them, but you're able to do it in a way which goes, I can, my mind can deal with that unexpected interruption. Um, Look after your kids, be family first. But I think at the nub of all of this, Prashant, is that if you're able to set up a routine, nighttime, morning, whatever it is, that gives you that level of perspective, you stop reacting to every external change in environment which could otherwise really derail your quality of decision-making. And yeah. for the people that know what that feels like, right, who are, who are sort of operating at that level, they are just a better-centered human. They still get upset about stuff. Don't get me wrong. They're not, they're not a Zen master, right? But yes. they're, they are able to sort of go, this is really interesting because I know how to, I know how to deal with this. And COVID has really taught us, me in particular, what the stressors are that can really be applied. Building a venture, unclear on strategy, unsure of capital markets, you yes. know, team trying to work out what to do, um, other projects, other teaching requirements, all these things. If you're not well-organized in your own mind, then you've got some real problems. But the best part is that flicking the switch on this is actually not as hard as anyone really thinks. Absolutely. You said before that... You know, you don't have to get up before, and no, you don't. But if you get up at sort of 6.30, like try quarter to six. Yes. Right. Go further than just another 10 minutes earlier. Go a little bit further to sort of push yourself out to that boundary. Yes. And then have set up next to your bed, you know, exercise gear that you can literally turn out of bed, get changed and walk out your bedroom door, pick up your keys and a water bottle that's already filled for the night before and walk out that door. Like, oh yeah! I, just do that.
1: I love that, and, and it'll be amazing the difference. It you're so you're so right, and um, you know I think it makes me think we should actually put together a bit of a challenge to our respective communities to sort of say who's in, you know, who's in to, to start your morning routine, because also what you've just outlined is it's not an expensive method. We're not asking you to buy a thousand dollar phone or even yep. a thirty dollar book. Um, this is just literally as easy as setting your alarm slightly earlier than what it is right now. That's it. And, you know,
0: I just, I feel very strongly about, you won't know how good this is until you start and feel free to make any sort of procrastination or any kind of excuse you want, right? Right. Laundry list them out. It's fine. Live them if you need to. But once you start to operate at a level where you're organized in your own mind, the world just changes fundamentally. Yes. And it can be literally falling down around you and you're still fine. So I think if there's one thing um, to try is just start with increments which seem a little bit out of reach. And attempt that for a week and see what happens.
1: That's a great and way of putting it. Yeah. You really will feel the difference yeah. in a fairly short space of, you know, space uh, of time. Um, one thing that you've mentioned, and I know it's a word that you've used a lot, and there's two things which I've noticed over the last few months is it's really important to think of things along the lines of having perspective, what benefits that has. What would you say to people who are finding it hard to get that perspective, or what does it mean to you to have that perspective every day? Let's
0: for a, a minute imagine that the device you're holding in your hand right now um, has the Maps app open. So Google Maps, Apple Maps, whatever. And okay. inevitably, the first screen you see is where you are and whatever is around you. Now, just get your fingers and pinch to zoom out. Yep. How much more can you see now? Yep. A huge amount you can see, which you couldn't see on your first glance. That's all it is. Yeah. It's just the ability to zoom out. And when you are stressed when you are under the pump financially when you are under prepared when you are um undernourished when you're fatigued the capacity to do that really simple action of pinching your fingers and zooming out is essentially reduced to zero so another way to think about this is did i have a hot shower this morning when i got it like when i started my day yes If you had a hot shower this morning, you are so far ahead of the vast majority of the population on this planet in terms of just hygiene and pleasure. Yes. You should just be grateful for that. And if you're not, you have bigger problems. Yes. Right. So there are just some really fundamental things that it's really easy for a 40-something year old white guy to say to people that might be listening going, well, it's easy for you to say, pal. Yeah. Yeah. But if I, if I listed out every single challenge and failure I had in my life, I think we could sort of equivalent a little bit on what this meant to give someone else perspective. But the thing is yes. that anybody is able to get their fingers and just zoom out and use that screen analogy as the way to go, "What else can I see here?" because actually life is life is pretty life is pretty good. If you are listening to this and you're in a hospital bed and by virtue of you being in a hospital bed and you're in a facility that is designed to care for your health, even if you're banged up for whatever reason, good news. The vast majority of people on the planet don't have access to that same kind of facility. And in Australia, we are hugely fortunate to have that. Yes. So I won't get any more high and mighty Prashant, but I, I think the thing is that if you just zoom out, many, many things become clear. And that just helps to get you in the right in the right starting point. Um, the same kind of zoom out can be applied to the morning, right? So yes. if your if your direct path in the morning is bed to the bathroom to breakfast to car to work, zoom out from that yes. in terms of time. If you got up at 6.30 and you got up at 4, imagine what you could do by the time you're skipping from your place to the car to work, yes. right? You're achieving so much more and just seeing different things that you can't help but then have a better day. So that's really that's my, soapbox, that's my soapbox moment.
1: No, that's really wise words. And um, I really like what you said about we all have our own challenges. And so it's so important to be thankful and grateful for it. We have particularly in a, in a country like ours or in any country in the developed world especially. Yeah. But parallel to that is if you want to be – more resilient by the sounds of what you're saying to the ups and downs of life, you've got to find ways such as the way you mentioned to get that perspective, to be able to zoom out. I really like the way you put that off, just zooming out on the map because then then everything's visible to you. Yeah. And that still doesn't mean you have to act and solve all of those problems or, or do all of those things at once. But if you can't see it, then you can't, be aware of it, and then you can't make good decisions.
0: That's it. I mean, let's just close out the, the map analogy with why do you often zoom out? To try and work out where you've got to get to.
1: Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. it doesn't
0: get any more. The analogy can be played <laughs> yes. out to that end game, right? So yes. if you're just wondering, if I had to give you, like, if I had to say to you, what are the, the words that you should say to yourself, like, say them, like, a, you know, like to speak to yourself just zoom out, right? If you're in a situation where you feel as though you're um, under threat, under pressure, just zoom out. You don't have to move. You just gotta get perspective as quickly as you can. And that is something that we're we're taught from a very early part in our career in the military where we're trying to understand the job we have in the context of a much larger machine and organism um, it's what we try and do we're building ventures to get perspective on all the different inputs that we have from yes. advice from investors through to customers, through to your team. You've got to be able to zoom out so that you can sort of get a sense that actually we're on, we're on the right track. We're pointing in the right direction. Tactically, we've got some things to work out, but that's fine. As long as we're pointing the right direction, that's okay.
1: That's awesome, Phil. And what I also hope listeners take away from – Hearing such a successful and obviously mindful entrepreneur is the extent to which you're still willing to learn and get better. Every day. I woke up
0: yesterday with a campaign that we're starting at drop and there was a little bit of apprehension around it. And all I could think of was I am so excited when we press go because I just want to see what happens. It's like, how can, how can we increase our luck surface area? Yeah, I think about that most days, right? Because there is a bit of luck to life, right? Let's admit it. So, if you increase that surface area, good—only good things can happen. You'll either learn that it didn't work, or some unexpected universal force will go. Actually, I like that. Let's do this. And I find that sort of a daily thing in my mind um, that just keeps reminding me that if you keep moving and you do zoom out and get that right perspective, good
1: things can happen. That's so true, and there's so much. Particularly in innovative and entrepreneurship circles, about knowing the answer and not not starting something or starting something even because I think I know where this is going to go, Um, but actually you don't know, and not knowing as as you've really articulated well is part of the point of the exercise.
0: That's it. That's it.
1: Fantastic, Phil. Um, I could talk to you for hours. That was really. uh, helpful and uh, I know that everyone's going to get a lot out of hearing about your morning routines and be inspired by it. So thank you. Awesome. Can't wait for the next conversation. Thanks, mate. Well, I really hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. So grateful again and thankful to Phil for his time and his insights. I'm so glad that the discussion went in so many different directions to really Get to the heart of why a morning routine is an essential part of your success. I really hope you're inspired to, as I said at the outset, think about your routine and I'd love to hear from you at podcasts at mindfulventuring.com or just click on the feedback link at the bottom of the episode notes. You know so much for me to reflect on and learn from us all well from that discussion. So rather than do a deep dive now or um, do a commentary now, Uh, I will cover all of that in the next episode of Mindful Venturing. Until then, go to mindfulventuring.com for all the links and details. And until next time, keep calm and venture on.